One of my favourite parts of uh, each day is reading books with my children just before bed. And uh, recently we came across this book. It's called Fearless, written by Colin Thompson, illustrated by Sarah Davis. The book starts by saying that sometimes names just don't seem to make sense, like some of these ones. There's Tiny, Lightning, Cuddle Pie, (laughs) Princess, Fang, Tubby, or like the main character in the book whose name is Fearless. He doesn't look very fearless in that picture, does he? And actually it turns out that Fearless the dog is afraid of just about everything. At the end of the story, he accidentally does something brave, and so his mum buys him a huge bone as a reward, but Fearless is so terrified of it that he's got to bury it in the garden. Sometimes names just don't seem to make sense. Now, as I was reading that book with my children recently, it got me to thinking about other names that don't seem to make sense. Names like Good Friday. Today's Good Friday... Uh, Now, the name Good Friday doesn't come from the Bible. In fact, no one really knows where the name comes from or how it even started. But regardless of where it uh, it came from, just about all of us, don't we, we call today Good Friday, which is actually a name that at first glance doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Because like Wayne's already reminded us, Good Friday is a day all about remembering how a man, Jesus, was unjustly, mercilessly, brutally executed on a cross. How is that good? How can a day like that be called Good Friday? Doesn't seem to make sense, does it? In fact, you might have noticed as we've been reading through the Bible this morning that there wasn't much good at all described in those verses. In actual fact, there was a whole lot of bad, terrible and evil things happened. For instance, in our first reading... Jesus was put on trial before a man called Pilate. He was the Roman governor. And even though Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent, even though he knew that he'd done nothing wrong, Pilate still had Jesus flogged and he handed him over to be crucified. It was incredibly unjust and unfair. In our second reading, we watched on as Jesus was tortured by the Roman soldiers. They stripped him naked. They pushed a crown of thorns into his head And they hit him over the head again and again and again with a big stick, a staff. It was brutal and thuggish behaviour. In our third reading, Jesus was crucified. He had big nails hammered through his hands and his feet so as to hold him to the cross. And then the cross was lifted up, so Jesus was left hanging there between two criminals. And as he hung there, in what you can only imagine would have been excruciating pain bleeding, fighting just to breathe, people who were walking past started to hurl insults at him and make fun of him. And in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him and even the two robbers who were crucified with him, even they heaped insults on him. It was callous, it was cruel, it was merciless in the extreme. And finally, in our fourth reading, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, And he gave up his spirit. In other words, he died. Now you tell me, how can any of that be called good? 
In the Good Friday story, bad things happen. Terrible and evil things are done. People behave in cruel and shameful ways and Jesus is unjustly, mercilessly, brutally put to death on a cross. And we sit here and we call that Good Friday. How on earth are we meant to make sense of all that? Well, all the bits of the Bible that we've read so far this morning, they're from the end of Matthew's Gospel. Let me read to you another sentence from the very beginning of Matthew's Gospel. A sentence that actually helps to make sense of that first Good Friday. This is God talking to Joseph, that's Jesus' dad, before Jesus was even born. This is what he says. You are to give him the name Jesus because... He will save his people from their sins. Now, the name Jesus literally means saviour. And so from even before Jesus was born, we were told that he will save people. And specifically, he'll save them from their sins. That is what Jesus came to do. And Matthew tells us that right at the very start of his book, so that by the time we get to the end and we read all this stuff about Jesus dying on the cross, we'll know what it's all about. What Matthew wants us to know, what he wants us to understand, is that Jesus died on the cross so as to save people from their sins. But what does that even mean? I mean, what even is sin? Because advertising gurus seem to think sin is a great marketing tool, don't they? It can sell a lot of ice cream or lingerie or alcohol or just about anything that's got a suggestion of naughtiness or indulgence about it. And lots of people buy into that way of thinking. Lots of people think sin is just indulging. You know, it's like curling up on the couch at night with the leftover mud cake, a couple of scoops of ice cream, maybe a glass of wine and putting Netflix on. Lots of people think of sin as indulging like that. Something that's a little bit naughty, a little bit too enjoyable. But the problem with that is that it suggests that sin is just anything that makes you feel a little bit too good, but in the end, it's really just harmless. If you think like that, then you need to know sin is not like that. That kind of thing is not why Jesus chose to die on a cross on Easter Friday. So what is sin then? Is sin doing bad things, like telling white lies maybe or yelling at the kids? Is sin breaking rules, like speeding? Or maybe not telling the whole truth on your tax return? Is that sin, do you reckon? Is that the kind of thing that Jesus died for? Or is sin doing really big, bad things? You know, kind of like what the Roman soldiers did to Jesus when they beat him and killed him. Is that sin? Is sin big, bad things, like murder or like rape? Well, those things definitely are sinful, But sin isn't just doing really big, bad things because my guess is that most of us here are not murderers or rapists or anything close to that. And yet, the Bible clearly says that we have all sinned. So what is sin then? Well, at its most basic, sin is the fact that we don't treat God the way we should. See, God made the world and he made us. We belong to him and he is in charge and so we should, we should worship him and we should serve him 
and we should obey him. That's the way we should treat God. But without fail, every single one of us treats God badly. We don't want him to be in charge. We want to be in charge of our own lives. And so we push back against God. We rebel against him. We reject him. We tell him to rack off and we try and live life our own way. We try and live as though God's not in charge. We try and live as though he doesn't even exist. That's sin. And we all do that. We all sin. We all treat God badly, including me. And the Bible makes it clear that because of our sin, we all deserve to die. See, even though we try and live as though he's not, the fact is God is in charge and he won't let us rebel against him forever. He will call us to account for our actions and the punishment for rejecting God, the punishment for our sin is death. But remember what Matthew said right at the start of his book? You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We all sin. We all deserve for God to be angry with us. We all deserve to die. We all need help. But what this is saying is that Jesus is the one person who can help us. Jesus is the one person who can save us. That's what he came to do. So how does he do that? How does Jesus save us? Basically, he takes our place. As Matthew's Gospel goes on to describe, and like we've already been reading this morning, as a man, as an adult, Jesus voluntarily died on the cross. And when he did, Jesus said that he was taking the place of those who follow him. Jesus said that he was actually substituting himself for his followers. He was choosing to die in their place for their sins so they could live. A little over 12 months ago, in March of 2018, Lieutenant Colonel Arno Beltram, a French police officer, found himself in the middle of a terrorist attack. A terrorist claiming allegiance with ISIS had stormed a supermarket in France armed with a handgun, a hunting knife and three homemade bombs. He shot and killed two people and took a number of others hostage. Police managed to negotiate for the release of most of the hostages until there was just one left, a woman whom the terrorist was using as a human shield. Amazingly and selflessly, Arno Beltram offered to take her place. Somehow, he convinced the gunman to release the woman and to take him instead. She'd been held there, used as a human shield at gunpoint for well over an hour. Do you reckon you can even begin to imagine how she would have felt at that moment when she was released and Arno Beltram took her place? Tragically, after another three-hour standoff, the terrorist shot and stabbed Beltram and he died. His life given, hers saved. Now, the violence of that whole situation was senseless, and for Arno Beltram, that was a terrible day. He didn't deserve to die like that. But for that woman, from her perspective... That was the day she was rescued. 
It was the day she was saved from almost certain death. It was a day she will never, ever forget because it was the day that someone deliberately stepped in and took her place. It was the day someone gave his life to save hers. And the events of that day have had a huge impact on that woman. She says that even to this day, she just keeps on thinking about Beltram and what he did for her. And you know what, else, what Arno Beltram did that day? It's actually a lot like what Jesus did on the cross. From Jesus' perspective, maybe Good Friday is a name that doesn't make a lot of sense. Because on that day, he was betrayed and deserted by his friends. He was accused of crimes he didn't commit and he was condemned to die. He was mocked and spat on. He was beaten and flogged. And then he was nailed to a cross and left to die. And he didn't deserve any of it. He was completely innocent. He'd done nothing wrong. For Jesus, that was a day full of evil and injustice and brutality. And there's no changing the terrible events of that day. But friends, for us, from our perspective, that day, the very first Good Friday, it was the day that we were saved. It was the day our sins were paid for. It was the day that Jesus deliberately gave his life to save ours. But it is worth noting, though, that that's actually only true for followers of Jesus, for Jesus' people. Because remember what Matthew told us about Jesus right at the start of his book? He will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus died on the cross to save his people from their sins. So if you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, today would be a great day to give Jesus some serious thought. Because what we've been reminded of today is that Jesus is offering to take your place. He's offering to swap with you. He's prepared to give his life to save yours. And if you decide to take Jesus' offer today, if you decide to become one of his people... If you choose to live with Jesus as your king, then today for you it won't just be Good Friday, it'll be a great Friday. Because from now on, you won't have to worry about God being angry with you anymore. From now on, you won't have to be crippled by shame and guilt because of your sin. You'll be saved from your sins. From now on, you won't have to be, won't have to be afraid of dying and facing God's punishment because Jesus died in your place to save you from your sins. You know, as a follower of Jesus and as one of his people, the more you think about it, actually, the name Good Friday, it actually makes complete sense. Today is Good Friday. A good day to remember that Jesus was unjustly, mercilessly, brutally executed on a cross so as to save us. Let me pray. Our great God and loving Heavenly Father, we're shocked as we remember the events of that first Good Friday and we're sorry for the unjust and merciless and brutal things that happened to Jesus and we're sorry that they happened because of our sins. He endured those things so as 
to deal with the wrong that we've done, to make right the bad ways that we've treated you. We're sorry for that. Thank you that Jesus did come to save his people from their sins. And he did that by dying on the cross. And so thank you that uh, by trusting in Jesus, by being one of his people, that you forgive our sins. They're dealt with and paid for in full. And you forgive us. And so, Father, help us, please, to think seriously about what Jesus is offering, the offer of forgiveness through his death. And please help us to put our trust in Jesus so that we can be saved and so that we might live. We pray these things in his name. Amen.